0: Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad you've joined us. A growing number of members of Michigan's congressional delegation are now publicly calling for impeachment proceedings against President Donald Trump, Rashida Tlaib, Brenda Lawrence, Justin Amash, Andy Levin, and now Dan Kildee all want Congress to start that inquiry. We're going to talk later in the hour about Amash, who is the sole Republican calling for impeachment proceedings. But first, we want to talk with the only member on that list who's part of House leadership, which has been criticized by some people for not being more aggressive on this matter. We spoke with Dan Kildee just a few weeks ago when he told us that he was a little unsure about what the House should do with the Mueller report on the president's behavior during the 2016 election. Since then, though, Kildee has changed his position on this issue. And now we're going to talk to him about why that stance has changed. I want to welcome Dan Kildee, representative of Michigan's 5th Congressional District, from Flint Township to Detroit Today. Welcome back to the show, Congressman. You there, Dan?
1: I am here. Oh,
0: there you are. Okay, yep. uh, let's start with uh, why you decided just a few days ago to come out fully in support of impeachment proceedings.
1: Well, I mean, the president essentially has taken us there. When the Mueller report first was released, obviously we, you know, began to pour through it. Uh, it was disturbing, but it wasn't clear to me at that point in time that Congress would be unable to. Pr- Conduct our oversight responsibilities to subpoena witnesses. In other words, to have people cited in the Mueller report come before us, answer questions about the facts surrounding the conclusions that Mr. Mueller came to, even have Mr. Mueller testify. But since the president has taken the position that he will not cooperate from any effort to clarify the facts that we find so disturbing in the Mueller report, and in fact ordered his own current and past cabinet members, officials from the White House, ordered them to ignore legal subpoenas, to fail to appear when called to testify before Congress. The president essentially is saying that he is an imperial president. His authority is final. And that puts us in a position where the Constitution gives us one path, And it's very clear what that path is. I support opening an impeachment inquiry so that we can clearly get questions to the answers or answers to the questions that we have and then make whatever conclusion we we come to. Uh, But, you know, know, I will admit, watching um, his interview with George Stephanopoulos Hmm. and hearing him rationalize how he would willingly accept foreign interference in the election uh, to me just reminded me of the conclusions from the Mueller report and made it clear that this president has learned absolutely nothing from that report nothing about his own behavior and then finally i came i've come to this rather reluctantly because i think we have to be reluctant to use this tool unless we feel we have no other alternative And my conclusion was based not on the need or desire to punish the president for clear past misdeeds, but simply to protect the Constitution, protect the rule of law from a president that seems to be completely oblivious to those principles.
0: Yeah. Uh, So talk about why you think impeachment is the way – to sort of break this impasse? I mean, uh, what what the president is asserting is executive power or executive privilege, right? Uh, right. He, he says he doesn't have to comply with these demands for documents or the people who work for him in the executive branch don't have to come over uh, to, to Congress to testify about these things. What is it about impeachment that would make those things happen more easily?
1: Because in, in the case of impeachment, there is clear constitutional and legislative authority to conduct the inquiry. And again, that is why I think using the tool of an impeachment inquiry is the only remaining uh, tool we have to exercise our oversight responsibility because the president is blocking every other path. It is very clear in very clear language in the constitution that the the Congress has the right to initiate these proceedings. It's not up to interpretation for the White House counsel or some lawyer that Donald Trump hires, whether or not that tool exists. And it's the one that the framers anticipated may be necessary if a presidency is essentially gone rogue, gone off the rails. And so it, it may not be a perfect solution. Admittedly, none of this situation even comes close to perfect. But it's the one that the framers of our Constitution intentionally put in place for us to deal with a situation like this.
0: Uh, This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Congressman Dan Kildee, a Democrat from Flint Township. He represents Michigan's 5th Congressional District. We're talking about his change of mind with regard to the Mueller report. We talked with Kildee just a few weeks ago up on Mackinac Island about the prospect of impeachment, and he wasn't quite sure at that point uh, what he wanted to do uh, with the Mueller report, whether he thought the House should go ahead with impeachment. Proceedings, uh, he has since changed his mind uh, and believes that the only way to get to the truth about what happened during the 2016 presidential election is to open impeachment proceedings. If you want to join the conversation, uh, give us a call. Do you think it's time for the House to begin impeachment proceedings against Donald Trump? Have your views changed on this issue over time? Think about when the Mueller report came out, uh, a lot of people had one position. Now they're kind of thinking a little differently. Uh, And if you're one of those people who's changed your mind, talk about what caused you to change your mind. Uh, Also, do you think Speaker Pelosi is doing the right thing by being so cautious when it comes to impeachment? Or do you think she needs to be more decisive as always. The number on the phones here is three one three five seven seven one zero one nine. That's three one three five seven seven one zero one nine. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit today, and we'll work you into the conversation. Uh, Dan, as I as I mentioned, uh, you're a member of House leadership. Um, uh, do you sense similar shifts among other members of House leadership, uh, some of whom have also been reluctant to get to the point where you are?
1: There are a number of members uh, of of the House across the spectrum, from freshman members like Katie Porter from California, who just announced her support for an impeachment inquiry, to more senior members, uh, committee chairs, for example, uh, uh, John Yarmouth, who chairs the Budget committee, has come to this conclusion so while they they are in the committee leadership structure, they're relatively high ranking members of the House that have also joined in all of this and and, and not to put too fine a point on it, but um, members are really not essentially changing their minds but and, and i'll I'll characterize my own process mm-hmm. Be, being reluctant to come to a conclusion, giving every other avenue the opportunity to present itself, to try to avoid the use of this tool is really the path that I've been on. And the president himself is the one who has taken us here. None of us, I don't think, have changed our minds in terms of how we view his behavior. Uh, Reading the Mueller report is absolutely chilling, particularly the second chapter or the second half of the Mueller report that deals with obstruction. But for most of us, it's not so much a matter of changing our mind, but giving the president every opportunity to allow Congress to cooperate with Congress in terms of our ability to provide a check on his power. And it is by his decision to close off those avenues, to essentially say, I will not talk to you anymore about any of these matters, number one. And secondly, making the pronouncement that unless we stop asking questions about what clearly constitutes impeachable offenses and potentially uh, chargeable offenses um, obstruction of justice unless we stop asking him questions about that he will not work with us on any of the priorities of the american people once he went there it changes for everybody and i think many are now coming to the conclusion that the president has taken us to this place Some people think he wants to be impeached. Who knows what's in his head? But I think we all have to, at some point, answer the question, what did we do in this moment when a president is stomping all over the Constitution, ignoring the rule of law, thumbing his nose at, at what has been a history of checks and balances in our government that has sustained our democracy, just saying that that doesn't matter anymore. He left us, left me, I should say, with, with no conclusion but this one
0: hmm. uh, again the number on the phones is 313-577-1019 uh, you can also go to the facebook page here at wdet or go to twitter and hashtag detroit today and we'll try to work you in let's go to charlie in detroit charlie what's on your mind yeah i just wonder um how the congressman views uh speaker pelosi's position she's essentially said hey let's not go there until we know we can get a conviction, just just like Mueller. Yeah. Um, obviously they have a wider latitude, but look how many people lied to Mueller from the Trump administration. You expect they're gonna tell Congress the truth? Hmm. I mean, um I'm all for getting the guy out. I mean he's broken God knows how many laws and as far as I'm concerned he's treasonous, but You know, if we don't go about it the right way, it may backfire and it may make a bad situation even worse. So, I mean, that's a concern. Yeah. Great question. Great question, Charlie. Uh, uh, Dan Kildee, draw some distinctions, I guess, for us between where you stand and where the Speaker of the House stands. And, you know, is she right that uh, without the ability to make this have real consequence, that it might be a distraction?
1: Well, first of all, I mean, she's in a very tough spot. Uh, her, her leadership, I think, has been extraordinary since she became speaker again in January. She is tougher than Donald Trump. She's smarter than Donald Trump. And that absolutely drives him crazy. I think that's one of the reasons that he's going off the rails. But I, I take a different uh, tack on this. And the caller makes a very important point, which was one of the struggles that I was having in coming to this conclusion, because it's clear that the Republican leadership in the Senate essentially have wrapped their arms around Donald Trump and will support him almost without fail, no matter what he does or says. And 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 that's hard to ignore. Mm -hmm. But what's also hard to ignore is this notion that we shouldn't do our job in the House because the Senate has been corrupted by its love affair with Donald Trump. And that somehow that means we should say, well, since the Senate essentially has become a full-time, a group of full-time employees of Trump Incorporated, and the Constitution says that when the president violates law, high crimes, or misdemeanors, there's one tool available, does that mean I should try to outthink the situation and say, well, we can't do that? And here's basically the point that I've been making. Number one. I think the politics of an impeachment are impossible at this point to determine because we haven't gone through the process of holding impeachment hearings and laying out for the American people in very clear language what the president has done that has taken us to this place. President and and the attorney general did, I'll give them credit, a masterful job of obfuscating the contents of the Mueller report when it was released. And he said it t- said there was no obstruction, uh, which it does not say, actually says the opposite. He says that there, it says there was no collusion. It says that they didn't feel there was ample evidence to make a charging decision on that, which is a completely different question. Collusion is not by itself a criminal concept. Sure, right? Uh, but then I, so, so the politics of it are hard to determine because, as you know, the politics are determined by public sentiment public sentiment is built based on their knowledge of the facts. And if we don't do a good job of laying this out, then public sentiment won't be with us. But, but I think even more important than that is that while the current politics of the situation may seem kind of complicated, the long view of history won't be so complex. Yeah. Uh-huh. We will have seen a president go off the rails, violate the law, order the firing of a special counsel, obstruct justice, trample all over the Constitution. And there's one tool available to us. And in 10 or 15 or 20 years, are people going to accept as a justification for us not taking action that we were worried about what effect it might have on the congressional elections in 2020? Or we we think it might help the president in his bizarre calculation that it's better to be impeached than not be impeached? The long view of history will not be so complicated, and I think at some point in time we have to ignore the short-term politics and do what we think is the right thing and try to create a narrative that supports the, the, the facts that we think need to be present in the public conversation so that we can justify what we've done. Uh,
0: uh, thanks very much, Charlie, for that call and the question. Let's go to Stina in Waterford. Stina, welcome to Detroit Today.
2: Hi, Stephen. Thanks right. for taking my call. Sure. Um, basically, your guest just basically said everything I was going to say. <laughs> uh, I agree um, that while this procedure impeachment is in effect a political procedure, the um, the decision itself should not be. The decision has to be based. I mean, we can, we can, most of us, accept the fact that the, the president is corrupt and incompetent and disgusting. But, setting all that aside, um, the, the, decision, the, the decision has to be made on a legal basis. Have, there, have, have crimes been committed? Mm-hmm. Uh, is the, has the president announced his intention to continue committing crimes in the future? Has he put the safety of the 2020 election at risk? Has he, um, has he engaged openly and blatantly in obstruction of justice in a variety of actions hmm. that the, the special prosecutor considered to be obstruction of justice? And is he violating his oath of office time and again, when he refuses to provide Congress with its legal tools to continue the investigation. In effect, he has closed the door on simple investigation and left Congress with only one tool, Hmm. and that's impeachment. Uh, Whether or not it ultimately succeeds is not the issue. The issue is the verdict of history. Yeah. The issue is what's a future president going to feel free to do without condemnation. Yeah, Stina, I, I think a
0: lot of people uh, feel that way. And as you point out, Dan Kildee, our, our guest, also uh, uh, feels that way. And I think that's an important consideration when you're thinking about these things. It's not just about now. It's about uh, down the road and, and in the future. Uh, Stina, I really appreciate the call and those really thoughtful comments. Uh, let's quickly go to Mike in Chesterfield. Mike, uh, what's on your mind? Hi, Stephen. How are hey. you doing today? Good. How are you? Good. Um, just wanted to uh, elaborate that. I think that the the whole whole justification for impeachment right now is on the wrong basis. Um, all of this is still stemming off of what everyone considered to be the Mueller report, and how it's it's just so full of a gray area. Yet there is a smoking gun that is sitting in front of everyone's faces that no one probably wants to talk about because, well, pretty much every president of the last several decades has committed it too. And that is selling weapons to countries that have committed very uh, dangerous human rights violations and um, actively participate in terrorist activities. And then I'm talking about countries like Saudi Arabia and mm. Qatar. Mm. And, <laughs> and, but this time, the president actually did so when Congress um, disapproved of it, right. and did not vote for it. Right. So, I don't. I don't. Under, I really you feel don't like understand. that's that's more of a basis for for impeachment than than the Mueller report, uh, yeah, I, Mike. I, yeah. I, that's a really interesting point. I want to get uh, Congressman Killey to to respond to that. Is that something that Congress ought to be looking into?
1: Well, I mean, obviously, we have. I think Congress generally, and to, to the caller's point, I'm not sure that. Well, first of all, I, I agree with his conclusion that the president acts beyond the constitutional framework on a regular basis and as he points out past presidents have done the same in this respect the role of congress has been degraded over the past several decades the concentration of power into the hands of the presidency uh... has really grown and the, the, the problem with the uh, with the uh... the point is that even though we may disagree with the use of of the presidential authority from time to time, Congress has been complicit in that change by not insisting on its authority being respected. One very good example is president's abilities to essentially wage war without congressional authorization. Uh, We have not updated uh, the authorization for the use of military force that president's of both parties have used to justify belligerent action against foreign entities and non state entities uh, without really objecting. But I think the caller makes another important point. I thought he was going in a different direction. The Mueller report by itself is not the sole source of information that would be used in um, conducting an impeachment inquiry. It's just the most recent very well documented smoking gun, but the President, on a regular basis, violates the emoluments clause of the Constitution by taking benefit from foreign entities and he encourages it um, you know through his various businesses, unlike past presidents, he continues to maintain control over those businesses, unlike past presidents he 's very much aware that foreign entities, foreign governments, and individuals representing them frequently uh, overspend at properties that he owns to his own personal benefit. And it's impossible for me to believe that he can erase that thought from his mind when conducting his public business.
0: Okay. Dan Kildee, Democrat from Flint Township, representative of Michigan's 5th Congressional District. It's always great to have you here with us on Detroit Today.
1: Thank you, Stephen. I appreciate it.
0: We'll talk with you soon. Coming up next, we're going to talk about what coming out in favor of impeachment has meant for Michigan Republican Congressman Justin Amash. Stay tuned. We're going to talk about that. And then we're going to talk about immigration and how awful the debate in this country has become over this issue. Stay with us on Detroit Today.